Okay. This is uh, damn near kind of like some sort of mystery science theater podcasting. For <laughs> the, I want uh, you to tell me something. Did you tell me What's something? The for the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Kind of? Oh, really? Or is it just Bel Air? I think it's just Bel Air. Right? All right. So, yeah, it's just Bel Air. And uh, uh, let's, let me see something here. Let me try, try to get my facts in order. Okay. And um, so we weren't able to find any sort of uh, like what Will Smith's job is on this show. And best we can speculate is consultant. Right? He doesn't really. We're not. We're not seeing any production credit or uh, or anything like that. But we do see Philadelphia, and they do open up saying, "Hey, '90s kids." Right, and we start out with some um, some some older Philadelphia rap, but it's like older to me, right? To somebody that's like fifty-something years old, this would be newer Philadelphia rap, because it's a uh, freeway that was with Rockefeller Records, who was actually in prison with Beanie Siegel, both a couple of uh, Philadelphia guys, and Freeway's the one with the big beard because he found Allah in prison, and that's the music that they have our new. Um, Fresh Prince open up playing on his smartphone. All right, and so like I, I've looked at the uh, episode a couple of times. I think you watched it once. I don't know if you looked at it again. Um, just once. Okay, and, um, and, you know, like, one of the first things I saw was, like, holy shit, the casting, the, they actually look alike. Yeah, yeah, they did a good job with casting, because if you guys know, when you watch black TV shows, sometimes everyone looks like they're from a whole different tribe. Yeah, and then, like, they don't even, like, I remember the old days, like, are you even trying to match on complexion at Never. all? Never. It's like, always a dark-skinned dad, light-skinned mom, and then light-skinned daughter and dark-skinned son. <laughs> yeah, even, yeah, like, exactly how are, um, in the 90s, Hillary Banks and Carlton Banks are supposed to just have both the same parents, right? Exactly. It kind of speaks into, like, colorism with the hyper, um, hyper-feminism yeah. that they put with light skin and then the hyper-masculine that they associate with dark skin and they do that with the characters too. Yeah, and I guarantee you, like, there's always been an awareness of it, but it's like, it has worse optics today because now the fans and the consumers literally can go on the internet and yeah. millions and millions say, hey, why are you still doing this? And so if you still do it, like, it, it's bad optics yeah, now. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, like, Kid and Play, like, when they put out the first House Party movie, like, that would have been um, shut down immediately for the next one. Like, what the hell? So you just made a whole dark-skinned, uh, dark-skinned evil and unruly and light-skinned good and well-behaved movie? <laughs> right? Like, the dark-skinned girl lived in the projects. The light-skinned girl lives in, like, a fat 3,000-square-foot house. House, right, right. The uh, dark-skinned black boy play is very, uh, very sexually, um, uh, what, like active and whatnot. But uh-huh. the super light-skinned kid 
kid. His mm-hmm. name is Kid in the movie. Right. He's, he's just not at all. He has the same old condom unused in his wallet because right. he's just a good boy. That doesn't fly the same now. All right. And um, as as the show goes on, what we're doing for this recording, we're literally playing the show in the background and riffing over it. And so the young men go into the locker room, and I'm generally convinced by the characters. Like, I'm buying it, right? Like, I could see a, a kid like this pumped up, and he looks like a kid, unlike the original um, Will Smith uh, uh, Fresh Prince, where this was clearly a guy in his 20s playing a teenager. Definitely. And I find it interesting, well, it's kind of cool how they matched the, um, this episode title, it's called Dreams and Nightmares, and then the song they were just sing, um, singing to, I was going to say dancing to, <laughs> was called Dreams and Nightmares, so. And who, who are they singing? Meek Mill, I think he's from Philly, too. Oh, yeah, I think, I think he is, and, um, like, uh, apparently he's more famous than what I know him for. Right, because mm-hmm. I only know him as Ah, game dissed you, you suck, and that's all I know. And beyond uh, that, <laughs> what's wrong? Kind of all right, and now they're they're, they're working the character out, like they're running the whole setup. Right, he's a a popular kid in this town. He likes to play basketball. It is definitely very new school. I was talking to my niece about the um, like the hairstyles, as far as like the um, it's still the high top fade. <laughs> But now it's nappier than it was. Like in my day, like that would be combed out, and the barber shop would pick it, comb it, comb it, comb it, comb it, till there's like no naps at all, and the comb can go straight through, and then cut it so you have a perfect box. So then when you get up in the morning to school, you comb the hell out of it, and you go to school in a perfect box. And now it's like, um, it's more. I'd say it's arguably more natural. It it's uh it speaks more to the human side, the perfect imperfection. You know, almost kind of just brings you sort of back down to earth. Like let's not forget that this is just how it grows out of our heads, folks. And we noticed that um Will Will Smith, the teenage boy, and his mother uh, Vivian, they have the exact same hairstyle. And it's like, it's just black. And on, and it's non-binary, really. Like, they have the exact same haircut, masculine and feminine. Yep. Now, this is where um we get a taste of what this drama is. Because this guy that steps up to bother Will and his friend, he does not play high school basketball. He is not a high school student. Uh, he went to juvenile hall. He he is. Uh, I don't know if his character dropped out of school. They don't really go in depth on him, but he steps up to those guys, bothers them about their basketball game, and then uh, proceeds to. Uh, I guess the word he would use is brandish. He doesn't point a weapon at them, but he removes most of the weapon from his pocket to show that he does have a firearm, and tells them that they're punks because they don't play basketball like him. And, then, and yes, ma'am. Oh. Pause it. I was going to say in that moment, you can kind of see him like thinking, well, he looks over at the women like, okay, so they just saw that was embarrassing. My friend's next to me. That's embarrassing. But then you still have the scholarship. So it kind of like brings up the discussion. Like, is it worth it? I feel like a lot of like young black men, especially feel like, do I want the respect from the streets or do I want to do something with my life? But, you know, of course, through years of um, the system and oppression, like black people, associate being black with 
things like this, like gang violence and drugs. So it's like, I have to keep that part of myself there, but I also want to do good. And he could have just, you see it in his face. Like he had two dis, um two options. Yeah. And he's frustrated. He's going with that, right? And it's like, um, it's like a double shot because those are the exact same girls that mm-hmm. he saw with his mother when it was positive. When right. they're like, hey, and then... And then he's also forgetting, like, because you want to play these patriarchy games, right? Like, I need to be the the alpha male in front of the pretty girls. Yeah. Well, remember, they already like you. Yeah. You're the hot shit basketball guy. That's true. I wonder if they do that on (laughs) purpose. They show the girls already smiling at him because he's cute, plays basketball. And then here, they're still looking at him. But in his, like, just because what he went through, he's like, oh, they're judging me. But actually, you're still fine, like, the way you were. Yeah. Didn't have to do that. And like when that dude step up and he's like, "Oh, you couldn't see me on the court." I would just been like, "You know what? I respect you, homie. Peace." <laughs> Probably not. Only playing schools where it matters. Yeah. <laughs> or I even I don't know. He brandished a weapon. I would I would uh. I'd be <laughs> right. Like, I'd be like, I hey, am, man. You know what? I I probably really am not built for that. You know. But uh, <laughs> hey. Peace to you and all that and all good, brother. Peace, right. black man. <laughs> or pull a smoky. But when he leave, I'll be talking again. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you're not funny, right? Like after he pulls off on his little little crotch rocket, little uh, four-wheeler that he has with no helmet, right? Oh, no yeah. helmet, no seatbelt, gun in hand. Like, don't even get involved. That guy, he's already on his path, right? He's already decided he does not want to live. <laughs> yeah, and as much as you hear on Wine Cellar Media, we talk about, like, white supremacy and the system set up against us. I'm not going to pretend like there are some brothers in the hood that, like, I'm just going to walk right past them, try to interact with somebody younger who is interested in that. That guy, he's already given up, yeah. right? And it's like... Do I worry about like, like the five guys that have completely given up or like the 15 kids that they may influence? I'm going to go talk to those kids. Right. Right. Those guys that have given up, they could t- flex on me all day. Call me all sorts of B words to my face and all that. I'm not a prison inmate. I don't have to fight you behind you calling <laughs> me that. I'm a fucking civilian, nigga. Fuck no. I pay taxes. I'm not scrapping with you over no damn basketball game. And and also, and I've been in these situations on some rap shit. Like mm-hmm. niggas that just get out of the penitentiary and want to battle you, but then also want to fight and shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? You too real for me, and I'm a little punk. Good day, sir. Like, yeah. I'm not going in that back alley with you. I'm staying right here in this building where there's all sorts of security and my homeboys and shit. You want to assault me in here so that all my homeboys and security can jump on you? I'm not going in the back alley with you so you can beat the living shit out of me. I'm not that tough. And there's nothing to gain from it. At all. Yeah. I'm in. I'm inside this club selling CDs and doing my battle mm-hmm. raps. I'm going to go in the alley and sell a CD. It's an alley. There's garbage dumpsters back here. <laughs> There's nothing here for me, especially not you. <laughs> Keep the show going. All right. And so what does he do? They do a cut. He made the decision. He gets on the subway. Right. And they're and they're on the way. His homeboy's telling him let that shit go. But then his homeboy also brought a gun as well, which way too easy to get these things. What about your VCU? When you consider like how much a gun cost at market store level, you ever look up gun prices, man? You ever looked up the prices? No. It should just be like six hundred bucks and up and shit. Oh yeah, guns are expensive. Right then. Hey, hold up though. 
Nope. But it sucks because in a neighborhood like this, being a young black man, wouldn't you need one? Like, you would literally need to be protected. Maybe, but also, it, and then, see, this is where, like, it, 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 it kind of swerves between, like, is this victim blaming or is this pragmatism, right? Because um, they don't have to be there right now. Yeah. They're deliberately going to the... Uh, clearly, they had to take a subway there, and they haven't specified in the show yet, but I'm guessing they're going more to, like, North Philadelphia when they're from West Philadelphia. You should stage your ass in your neighborhood. Like, what are you doing? But, like, the street lights are on. It's nighttime. Why are you at home? You have class in the morning. But you're going to be out here placing some basketball bet with Dreadlock Man. Yeah, well, don't get quiet. Right now, you came on my strip on that rah rah shit, thinking you born. You came out with that rah rah shit. <laughs> that Philadelphia accent be cracking me up sometimes when it's that the high pitched voice one. Like I probably have the high pitched voice West Coast accent that makes dudes laugh. You two versus Darnell and Rod. You win, I break you off two thousand. You lose, you work for me. You versus Darnell and Rod. So when they place the bet, what is it, right? Um, Will Smith and his little homeboy, they're gonna go against um. A couple of the drug dealers' homeboys, and uh, if they win, he'll pay them two thousand bucks out of out of pocket. And if uh, and if the drug dealers win, then now you have to work for them, which black capitalism. That's a problem. <laughs> He's literally talking about making them indentured servants off a of bet, but then it's indentured servants for how long? How long do we have to work for you? Right. Do we get out? Or what if we get caught working for you for the first time and now we're on our way to prison? Hell, one of them already has a firearm. What if they have a firearm and a drug selling gone wrong situation, get tried as adults and go to adult prison right now? Yes. Yeah, just, I, I wanna, I wanna even hang. Yeah, you will never go see me on the block again. Especially because it was never about the game. Like, they always just wanted to see you do bad in life. Because he's trying to... The only reason he wants him to be a drug dealer is to bring him down because he see, sees him almost about to go to college. Yeah. And it reminds me, think, I think about that Snoop lyric all the time from the Dogfather album. Uh, to, uh, these, uh, these OGs tripping, sending BGs on a mission. One move too many, nigga, you missing. Mm. Yeah, man, like this older guys deliberately, let me get closer to my microphone, <laughs> failing these younger guys out here. Oofy doofy. And what was that other thought? I think I could have swore I saw something I noticed. Oop, but let me get with what's happening on the on the deal, though, right, as we kind of recap the episode and riff on it. Yes, the black capitalism aspect as well, again, right? Let's say we get rid of white supremacy, right? We got William's big idea. Back to Europe with you, <laughs> right? Back to bloody England and Wales and whatnot. Scotland, wherever you got to go, right? Um, but now we still have their culture as how we function, like people could say, oh, there's black culture, black culture, black culture. What mostly we have is white culture and poverty, and that's black culture, right? Because we're we're Western. We speak their language. We eat their food, right? Like I guess we pour out libations sometimes. Mm -hmm. I wear dashikis, but I live a Western life. I like I live in a Victorian house, right? Like that's just 
what we're in. So if you get rid of that, we should already have an anti-capitalist mindset and an anti-patriarchal mindset, right? Because now it's just strong, brutal, violent men with money calling the shots. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have now. And it's no good, right? So they win the game. And the asshole that started all this shit, what does he do? After the game's won, everybody's amped up. He kind of fades to the back with the basketball. And he proceeds to try to throw it at the Will Smith character. And misses the Will Smith character. Which shows you why he would lose a basketball game. He can't even pass it. Right? Like, well, did he, that was like a 10-foot throw. You, and think about how big a basketball is and how big your target was. And you missed the hell out of it. You shouldn't be on the court any damn way. And it hits the drug dealer guy. And the drug dealer guy is like, yo, who threw it? And oh, the guy that threw it sinks into the back after he is already shown to be a violent asshole himself. But he didn't want it with the boss. And so he lets those guys take the blame and they begin to do what we call packing out Will Smith's homeboy. And he knows how bad that beating can get. That can turn into near death, missing teeth and and all that. So he grabs the gun from the backpack, fires it in the air. And the drug dealer guy in classic fashion gets up, tells him, hey, go ahead, you better shoot me or I'm going to come find you. And police sirens and he doesn't shoot him. And now great you narrating. Huh? I said that was great narrating. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because you have a problem now, sir. You've got a big freaking problem. Because you just put a gun in his face. So you threatened to murder him. And now he's just walking around unmurdered. <laughs> oh, my God. And all right. The, the police fellers, they come and... Uh, take old young Will down, take him down to the station, you know, smash his head in the concrete, give you the black experience. Black boy magic, I call it. Ooh. <laughs> no. Right? The police were like, we're going to sprinkle some cuffs on you, boy. Oh, man. Make you magical Negroes. <laughs> no. Right? And then they, they have him in this holding cell. I've never been um, arrested myself. So I don't know if teenagers, because this looks like an adult holding cell. Right. Which, like, I wonder if there were arguments in production, because I don't know if obvious teenage boys go to adult holding cells. But then again, what if he didn't have ID? What if he didn't give him his info? I don't know. Well, they have to have it because they come to get him. Yeah, Yeah, they have his info. Maybe that's why they're in separate rooms. Oh, could be uh, separated by age or by the fact that... No, because they did... Did he punch him? Yes, he did. Yeah, he did punch him. So they may have separated him by the fight. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that's why his uh, the drug dealer guy's face got that shiner on it. Because Will, he, he threw one of them skinny guy punches. <laughs> And fucking skinny guys, just man. Off this. Yeah, those fucking knuckles like getting hit with fucking four little hammers. Right? And of course, um, he gets bailed out by Uncle Phil, but he doesn't know. And that, it does look suspicious to the other guys in lockup. Definitely. Yeah, how are you just getting out? 
But then again, it's also illogical where they're like, he ain't even, he ain't even, who you snitching on? It's like, how did he snitch? He got arrested with you. He's been here the whole time. Yeah, he, he could only snitch on himself because he was the one with the gun. <laughs> and his fingerprints are on the gun. Like, what? Yeah, I, I guess the, um, the other point of nuance I could throw at it is a uh, class praxis, right? You know what praxis is? No. Uh, it's um, it, it's another way. It's a shorter way of saying uh, proximity, uh-huh. right? Like in the same room, we're right next to each other. We're in direct proximity, right? And like they have a class praxis where they all come from the same poverty in that uh, in that Philadelphia area, oh, okay. north and west, north and western Philadelphia. And so it's not even in their head that someone would just come bail you out. No, who can afford to do that? Bail you out? Right. No, you must be snitching. Mm-hmm. I don't know when you did it, but you did. Telekinesis or something, nigga, you snitched. <laughs> so I, I could get that paranoia because they don't know that Uncle Phil's in the world even exist. Yeah. Better lower your voice and fix your tone in this here car. All right, so now... It's uh if, if you were listening to the theme song of the old Fresh Prince, uh, his mother is gonna put him on a plane and off to Bel Air. All right, and now they're uh, they're in their their epic car scene. I'm doing a lot of riffing, keeping the show going here with the. Oh, you got any um, any commentary? Um, when you pulled a gun on Rashad, didn't just talk to your kids. Because if your son just randomly, like, he's, because they show him earlier being a good, like, kid, good grade, school, whatever, and then all of a sudden this happens, like, that should, you know, stir up some questions. got a second chance, baby. Yeah. Interact more. Yeah, yeah like, because, like, he clearly, he, he has the idea, but maybe talk to him more about capitalism and about other areas you could go. Definitely about prison. Because, right. like, that's where he was about to go. Like, he was going to go to prison or die within, like, the next two weeks. Yeah. And, man, yeah, show him some of these. I mean, because this this Fresh Prince is set in the modern day. Show your kids some of these these old prison dudes on YouTube telling stories. Oh, yeah. I, that's what Uncle Billy was showing <laughs> All right. Now they're uh, they're in Los Angeles County, right? Headed toward the town of Bel Air, if that actually exists. I don't even know if that's it. it might. It probably does. Uh, but fucking and right, they're having a vibe. They're re um, they're reimagining the character Jazz. And for those that may not know, Jazz is uh, he obviously you know him from the old Fresh Prince sitcom, but he actually is DJ Jazzy Jeff. He was Will Smith's DJ when Will Smith was a rapper. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was a normal thing back then, right? Like, all rappers had DJs up until, like, going into the mid-90s. Like, it it really just became producers. But rappers always had DJs. LL Cool J had Cut Creator. Uh, Salt and Pepper had Spinderella. Um, I forget who, um, who MC8 had. But, yeah, MC8 had DJs. Uh... Tone Loke, he had a whole track on his 1988 album called My DJ's Cutting Rhythms. And uh, and it's mostly just about the DJ scratching. Uh, Criss Cross, they had DJ Nabs. 
Oh, and wow. on their second album, they have a whole track where yeah. they don't rap at all. There's no hook or anything. It's just the DJ scratching for like two minutes. Two mm-hmm. Yeah, all, yeah. Dr. Dre was a DJ at first. DJ Quick was a DJ. The DJ used to be a much more prominent figure in um in hip hop, but now they're reimagining uh, jazz as um the the son of upwardly mobile black people and a small business owner and a Uber driver on the side. Right, that's gonna basically gonna Don't befriend Will Smith now that he's moving to California as opposed to someone he already knew. Right, and one of the first things Jazz says to him is, um, it, it, in short, he says, keep it real. Right, mm-hmm. the long form is this city, Los Angeles, tries to change who you are, which I've never been there, and I think that I don't want to call it a straight up myth. But I think I mean, it's an overblown idea because I think it's the it's that idea of like people that move there to become something. Mm-hmm. And that's not the city changing them. That's them trying to change their lives to fit their idea of what the city exactly. is. Yeah, it's like the most interesting people out of Los Angeles County Thanks, have qualities of individuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we like we love uh, even E40 came up out of the Bay Area, but he ran through Southern Cal the Southern California rap scene hard. And like we love is the the, the fat funny homeboy, just like we love Snoop Dogg tall skinny ass. What up? Oh, can you pause this really fast? I think I have to throw up. Ooh, shit! Yep. Oh, wait, pause the... All right, folks, and I'm done taking a backwards poop. Let's get back to it. (laughs) (laughs) I will not contextualize that. (laughs) No elaboration. Now, this is interesting, right? So they reimagined the living shit out of the Jeffrey character. Yeah. Right? And you've seen the old uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Yeah, I've seen the old episodes. Where, where did you catch it? Like when they put it on Netflix? Um, I would just watch. It would come on Nickelodeon. Like Nick at Night. Hmm. They would always play Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That's ill. Um, so they made the new oldies. That's so like when mm-hmm. I was a child on Nick at Night, they'd play a show called F Troop. And my mother, yeah, your grandmother, okay. yeah, your grandmother would walk in and be like, I watched this when I was a kid. And I see you with Fresh Prince. I used to watch that shit. <laughs> okay, so Nick at Night, good bridging generations. Nick at Night and BET. They would play it sometimes too. Damn. So they just get all sorts of residual checks. Right, and um, yeah, so Jeffrey's character, reimagined, right? We're in the modern day, right? The flat top is back. And notice Jeffrey, right? He's more businessman. He still has the natural nappy up top, but his is a little more combed, a little more serious. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, um, he's to my understanding, uh, from the Caribbean, moved to London, and then moved to America. And I don't know who the actor is, but the actor is doing a good job at mixing those accents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it is very much when this person speaks, it is a blend of a California, Jamaican, and British dude. And I don't know how the hell he's doing that. Have you heard? Can you hear that? Yeah, I hear all three. There's that Philly swag. Oh, I've missed it so much. Yes, that Philly swag. I couldn't pick you up from LAX myself today. I'm not Oh, well, you're going to say the uh, same thing that... Oh, about the word swag is all I had. Oh, I was going to say, Mino Cavilli noticed that she looks very similar to Michelle Obama. 
It is heavy-handed. It's got to be on purpose. I wish I would have looked at blogs for this. And I'm trying something real, real hardcore right now with the let's see where this goes. Okay. Well, it's all good. I see you got a party going on. I wish it was as fun as a party. But forget all of that. Ah, still super low. We'd have to everything that happened. Yeah. It's all good on Viv. You know, got in one little fight, my mom got scared. Oh. Ah. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure you must be exhausted. Come on, let me show you up to your room. Uh, actually, it'd be cool if I could go to the party, get some food, see my cousins, and uh, thank Uncle Phil. Um, Boom, right there. That was the look on her face. She was like, oh, God, I, can't, I don't think I can take your ghetto ass in there right now. Right. Yeah, which, and they're definitely, they're playing off of the, um, the first episode of the original fairly well with that. Right, because um, cause that was a thing. Like, in the first episode of the original, um, they started out like he was having a function where he didn't want to be embarrassed by Will. Oh, really? Yeah, and they have a moment in here in this new series where they remake an old moment where Will flips the jacket inside out. But I think that's not this one, though. For, um, for the first episode, they had him put on a tuxedo. Oh, and the okay. tuxedo was it, like he wore it his own way uh -huh. to try to make it look hip hop and just looked very embarrassing at the party, <laughs> right? But now this one's a drama. Oh God! And they introduced the Hillary character. All right, Hillary character, black woman character. What? What? How are they representing you? This is a black woman. You're 21. This is Coco Jones. Coco Jones is the actor. Yes. Okay. What have they done before? She was in a movie called Let It Shine with the other actor from Everybody Hates Chris. That's where I first saw her. Let It Shine. Uh, what like drama? It's actually a gospel. It's a Disney gospel movie. Disney gospel. Disney gospel movie. That's a heavy-handed title. All right. And um. And this character. Right, it's more, it's new school, right? Yeah, because I don't, uh, when I was in my early 20s, everyone had flip phones, right? This is someone who's on the social media, they're trying to brand. Yeah, are you reading anything I'm missing? Um, I think it's very funny that she's actually kind of similar to Will with like how hyper she is, but because Dr. Phil, is that his name, Dr. Phil? Oh, uh, Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil, um... He loved, like, he's still, that's her, his favorite. It's kind of obvious, but it's funny because she acts like Will a little bit. Like, they're both really hyper. Yeah, and they're, they're playing something different with this Hillary. One thing I noticed, like, a good callback, they had this new Hillary do a walk where she walked very much like the old one with both yeah. hands out, both wrists, very limp. Looked like, looked like a homophobic joke was coming up any second here. And the fashion choices, like, they're giving her that 90s style still with, like, the old Chanel, like, that type of look. But then they're making it still new school with how they have the accessories and do her hair. And yeah, I love. And to add to just the looks on everybody on this show, like, they did a great job with matching everyone's makeup, doing everyone's hair right. Which, if you've watched black shows before, again, you know, sometimes it's not it because they have white people doing their hair and white people doing their makeup. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, this is definitely a majorly tall person. I just noticed how, like, her hands wrap around that phone. I'm pretty sure her hands are bigger than mine because she has, like, the same phone I have. My hands do not cover my phone like that when I grab it. And um, and they're playing this one. Um, 
I'd say less stereotypically white. Like the 90s Hillary, they made her what we would call back then a, a valley girl, right? Even though they were in Southern California, she they made her the valley girl stereotype because that was like the rich girl stereotype of the time. But this one, they're definitely making her more like, um, I guess kind of like social media black. Yeah. Which and, and as this character's trying to be a social media mogul. Because they're making her like a rich black girl, but still, they're making her way more relatable than um, the other Hillary. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, and that's probably like the joke with the other one is you cannot relate to this yeah, person. Yeah, like Hillary was not relatable at all. Yeah, maybe even and, same with Carlton. Like he was not relatable yeah. in the old one, but now Carlton's relatable. Obviously not in a way where you're like, oh, he's like me, but more like, I know an asshole like that. Mm-hmm. What do you see? She is 5'10". Oh yeah, she's bigger than me, definitely. Yeah, like yeah, like so that that's somebody like if I was if I was standing and she was sitting and she stood up, it would look like she was making a threat. Oh, like no. I'd have to back up, like, oh gee, my bad big homie, I ain't even <laughs> tripping. That's alright. Let them work on these lines. They're gonna get their lines together. Right. And she and, literally did her hand movement like the um when people were like period when they say period. It's just very funny. It's very 2020. <laughs> Alright, it seems like they're mixing sitcom elements. And then they had a they had sort of a wide shot of him with Carlton's clothes on. Anyway. Which uh that's like they're already putting in the Carlton is short joke and getting it out of the way. Oh yeah, because they were very high. Yeah, because um <clears throat> oh excuse me. Because, yeah, that Car- Carlton being a short guy is not going to be the focus on this like it was on the sitcom. And they have this shot of him wearing Carlton's clothes that I think they're deliberately trying to make iconic. Like, I think what they're gunning for with that shot is for people that are, like, seven years old now mm-hmm. to have that as a poster on their wall when they're 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, this could be their Will Smith. Yeah. The only one they're going to know about, really. Um, right? They're going to watch the original and be like, what, is this a remake? Like, Who is this old man? Because <laughs> again, this Will Smith actually looks like a teenager. <laughs> All right? And they, they, they made Uncle Phil just unforgivably handsome and dark-skinned. Like, why is Uncle Phil this handsome? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> Now they, I think they are. I think it's a little unrealistic how much they're making Will out of place here, because like even no matter what hood you're from, you know you a bunch of black people in suits looking serious, holding glasses. You don't walk up and say Freddie Fred, what's happening? Exactly. Nobody does that. Yeah. Because actually, if you're from the hood, you have to learn how to be adaptive. Because if you're in a neighborhood like how he was in that neighborhood he wasn't supposed to be in, you don't want to stand out. You want to fit in. Yeah. So I feel like you'd know. Like, you see all those people fit in. Yeah, like, even a even an atheist child like me. Like, my mother took me to church once, right, that I can remember. And I uh-huh. did not like it and didn't go back. But, like, <laughs> you, you, know how to, you know how to act. There yeah. you go. I'll just say A-C-K. Know how to act. <laughs> Right, and um, Uncle Phil's friends are suspicious of, like, why this fucking ghetto kid just showed up here. I'm 
Right, they introduce new Ashley, which is uh, clearly like a 17-year-old playing a 12-year-old. <laughs> Fucking tall-ass Ashley. <laughs> yeah, and and Je and Jeffrey, they're like they're they're gonna make a sex symbol out of Jeffrey as well. Yeah, yeah. Don't let them watch. There's gonna be a shirtless scene somewhere in like season two. I'm gonna go find All right, Will's uh, Will's in the party. This is gonna be this is gonna be an interesting, weird episode. I'm gonna play this back myself. Mm, that sounds pretty good. It actually is weird that, that it's lower. Yeah, that it's so low. I'll hold up. to make a West I'm dumb, and I'm Will, by the way. Lisa. Not gonna lie, I'm loving the kicks with the suit. Okay, we introduce Lisa's oh, yeah. character. How about a close? And uh, apparently, it, I mean, hell, nice you're listening to an episode about it, so I think that is the spoiler. Lisa is Carlton's ex-girlfriend. And I'm loving it. Lisa's chubby, and that's fantastic to me. Right, like they made a, and not very much, right? They still had to keep it thin, privileged, respectable. But Lisa She's is a- She's realistic. Yeah. Crazy. Right? Like, she probably actually weighs more than Will, really. Oh, shit. And then Carlton. God damn it. How you been, bro? Good. Hey, Lise. See you met my cousin. Yeah. Okay, we riffed about this when we were watching this in the attic, right? Because, like, Looking at this, the way Carlton said, hey, Lise, I see you met my cousin, and the way she responded to him, obviously he is angry, and they broke up. Right. But Will's character doesn't know how to be fake. He doesn't understand that people are fake. He doesn't know that being fake even exists. So you gonna tell me why you're wearing my clothes? Oh, shit. Right, look, he's having a hard time with this interaction. He's like, what What was that? Why'd they do that? Well, whatever, we're still having fun, right? We're still all nice to each other, right? Look, it's just. Is that just what respectable politics is? Like, be, say things you don't mean and look friendly, but like, say what you actually feel in the nicest way possible? Uh, respectability politics is like, um, that's mostly, um, for like black people interacting with people that are not black. Yeah, where you try, like, um, I could see someone accusing me of that, just, um, Cause the way I talk and like the way I like to flip my vocabulary and whatnot, which I got most of that from practicing hip hop. Mm -hmm. But like they might yeah, see me and they'd be like, "Oh, you just trying to sound all intelligent and shit." Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it's like, no, nah, I'm not practicing a respectability politic. I'm just versatile. But uh, there are folks that really think like if we just act this way and move like this, then white people will treat us better, and or other non-black people will treat us better. And no, they won't. It's based off What's the fact up? that you're black, not how you behave. So they Again, if you want to talk about them killing you over how you behave, uh, the then why did they kill Martin Plus, Luther King? That's about as well-behaved as you get. PhD, Southern Baptist preacher, suit everywhere, nonviolent protest, they killed him. They don't care how you act. So, real question. Is Will going to be up there with us? 
Mm, let's just ease him into it. Seems like a lot for one day. Hmm? No, I say we bring his ass on stage and make him suffer like this the rest of us. This scene is interesting. Just pay attention to... Oh, wait, they can't exactly. see. Oh, what up? If you could see, there, it's the three of them in the room, Ashley, Hillary, and Carlton, and they're just talking like normal siblings. You can see that they all get along, which is just something to keep in mind. Just the three of them get along. That they all get along and keep that in mind. I, I'm keeping okay, it in mind. I want to see where this goes to. <laughs> now I'm now I'm a, a listener. My family and I would like to welcome you all to our home, and to express our sincere appreciation to you for your support of my campaign for Los Angeles District Attorney. I was compelled to launch this campaign because, well, I'm tired, folks. He doesn't sound. I'm tired. <laughs> of watching this broken system discard young black men into the for-profit school-to-prison pipeline. Now, if I'm elected DA, I will stop at nothing to ensure that- Yeah, it didn't even sound right. For-profit school-to-prison pipeline? Like, you're mixing your talking points. It's for-profit prison industry and the school-to-prison pipeline that feeds it. Mm. The school-to-prison pipeline doesn't actually make a profit. Right. It's the prison that does. The school is actually a taxpayer-funded educational service. <laughs> Sir, you're running for office. Say better sentences. You can see Will's face. He's realizing, like, who his uncle is now. He's like, oh, this is why you have so much money. Which also, he should have thought that stuff earlier, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's that living in the moment mentality. Stop and look around. You just went up to a mansion. Things are clearly different here. Right. These folks function and move different, right? And they and also, keep in mind, they just bought you out of jail. You pulled a gun on someone and the cops caught you with gun in hand after you assaulted them. Mm -hmm. So, like, that guy... That drug dealer could actually press charges on you, right? If right. he wasn't a gangster drug dealer guy, he could be like, oh, officer, look, hey, look, look at his knuckles. His hand clearly hit something. Look mm -hmm. at my face. It's clearly been hit. He assaulted me. Then he pulled a gun on me, officer. I'm pressing full charges. Nigga, you could be going to all sorts of jail. You should be thinking right now. <laughs> Should be. Shit, I'd be happy as hell to be in damn Bel Air. What I gotta do? Shit. It's homework time. I'm ready to study. <laughs> but he's just, just now getting it. Like you see it on his face, like Yeah. And the and the and the whoever the actor is, right? I shouldn't know their name. I'm terrible. Uh um, oh you look at it. Yes, look it up. Um yeah, he he's playing it well. Like he he's like Tucker Carlson with the way he can just look bemused, befuddled. Okay, Jabari Banks. Jabari Banks. Ah, I love since since the uh ever since like right after I was born, black names got real cool. Right? I, I was born into the last age of niggas named Leonard and shit. <laughs> right? Niggas with my name, William, Leonard, Gregory, Robert. Right? Then the next crop of black kids pops up and they're all Lakeisha and Shaheem and shit. Jabar. I wanna be Shaheem. And now in mind, they're like, well, you guys probably already heard King, but now I've heard Legend, Loyal, uh, hmm. yeah, like one word, like words. Right. And even if it sounds silk like Legend, you know what? I'll run with that. Right. Because I, I like that one. Yeah. Hell, I um, it, like very briefly had a black girlfriend named uh, Genesis when I was yeah. a teenager. 
Mm-hmm. Right? And and that was in, 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 instantly interested. What's your name? Genesis. Get the fuck out of here. Okay, you're probably cool. <laughs> this prevails for everyone in our beautiful state. Because together, we will That's a picture of him. Hell of a day, huh? Okay. Yeah, something like that. No need to sit, Will. I know you must be tired. Trust me, this won't take long. You know, I meant it when I said I'm glad you're here. But as long as you're under my roof, you follow my rules. Yeah. I trust you're smart enough to know what they are. Yeah, and I got a mom and a crib back home. And also got a brain that works. But you had a gun found its way into your hand. Brain took a day off. I mean, you don't even know what happened. I know you got arrested. I also know that your fingerprints were found on a... You see that? That You don't know what happened. He bailed you out. How do you not think he knows what happens? And then, <laughs> do you really want to recap what happened to yourself? Well, instead of staying home and going to bed and getting adequate rest for another day at school, I decided to get on a subway with my friend and go to the wrong side of town. But before we got to our destination, my friend let me know that he had a firearm. And now I know I'm going to the wrong side of town to play basketball against a drug dealer. And I know I have a firearm. And at that point... I did not think, hey, maybe this is going too far. I'm going to go back home. Nah, I went ahead with the basketball game anyway. And then a basketball came flying out of nowhere after I won and hit the drug dealer. And when the drug dealer got mad about it, I said, I should probably punch him. And then after the whole melee started, I grabbed the gun out of the bag and pointed it in his face until the cops came. Like, do you really want to tell that story and make and try to make that sound like you're the one who's making sense? Right. Come on, sir. You just made an irrational decision. <laughs> Happens. Just compounded irrational, illogical decisions. <laughs> Unregistered nine millimeter Glock. I think you'd still be sitting in a jail cell if it wasn't for me. Jail or worse. All I want is for us to have an understanding, son. Yo, I ain't your son, and I ain't ask you to do shit for me. Boy, I move mountains to give you a second chance. Show some damn gratitude. For what? So you can use me as a campaign prop to show these rich people how much you care about poor black kids that from the hood? That wasn't the point, Will. you gonna send me home after you win your little election? Look, if I could put you on a plane back to Philly tonight, I would. But I can't. We both know why. How long am I supposed to be here? For the foreseeable future. So here's a story. We came to Bel Air for a better education. Simple. I need you to say it, Will. I came to Bel Air for a better education. There, I said it. Happy. Look, if you don't like the arrangement, you only have yourself to blame. But this is how it's going to be from now on. I suggest you get used to it. Yeah. All right, serious Uncle Phil. I I think I saw a clip of this before I saw the... um, Oh, shit, what happened? Uh, I, I I saw that clip before I saw the show, and I was like, this is going to be mega unfun. But mm. I think it does, it, it picks up, so, like, there are jolly moments throughout it, because you. I think we watched all four at first episodes. Yes, we did. Yeah, but we'll only record about one at a time. 
But uh, man, like that one, I thought that was gonna be what set the tone for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Right, and so obviously he is uh, trying to figure out what's going on and he's still being illogical, right? Like his friend contacting him and now he's about to have a phone call with his friend. My phone ain't call you back, man. It's been crazy all day. Your mom told me you got sprung out of jail, but she wants to you back. You still in Philly, right? Nah, bro. I'm in LA. LA? Stop capping, yo. Cap, man. This shit happened so quick. Bro, Rashad's got a bag on your head, bro. He's saying you're snitched to get out. What? Bro, why ain't snitching nobody? How you get out of jail then? My uncle pulled some crazy lawyer shit. That's all I know. Rashad, once you dead, bro, I think I'm next. You gotta come back. And clear this shit up like ASAP. Just be cool, alright? Be cool and lay low, alright? Come in. I'm gonna fix this. He's still highly illogical. You're gonna fix this. Nigga, you had to get bailed out. Right. Niggas is still trying to fix your problem. You're gonna fix this with what? What's the plan? Yeah, look at this. I wish, I wish we had video so I could say, look at this stupid fucking face. Talking about you gonna <laughs> fix it. You know what? The actor is playing a good role at making a stupid ass face. No, I'm gonna fix this. With what money? What money? But this would be the mind of a 15 year old. Yeah, a 15 year old that isn't being taught to think logical. Right? Because you didn't do this shit when you were 15. No. You weren't like, you know what? Let's go shoot these niggas. Nope. Nope. Because I wasn't a pa- popular basketball player. He probably feels like he can do anything. <laughs> Especially like. Yeah, going to school, everyone's like, hey, you're the man. Which also, what do I keep yelling about? Stop raising your black boys to be small-time celebrities, right? You've got to teach your black boys that you are a regular-ass person <laughs> like every the fuck body else. This is something I have consistently seen in black households and black neighborhoods is mm-hmm. this overblowing up your black boy's ego. I get that you're in a system of white supremacy and you want him to love himself, but you're um I'm gonna I'm gonna flippantly use this word for the colloquialism, but you're making a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Like kind of an illegitimate narcissist, but you're making him that way. To have the tendencies. Yeah, like every time he picks up a basketball, he is not Kobe. Stop calling your little boys Jordan. Mm-hmm. All right. Stop every time they dance and they don't need the latest damn fashion. All right. Like, it's like they're kids, all right? Generic jeans and t-shirts work just fine. Stop redressing your kids right after everything that's on TV. As a matter of fact, turn off the damn TV. You're the adult. You realize you could turn off the TV and what are they going to do? Pout. You know what else they're going to do? Find something else to do. Kids can solve boredom. You leave them in a room with fucking... With an empty soda bottle and a tennis ball, they're going to make a game out of that shit. All right? Yeah, take that shit away. All right, this is my my motivational speeches. (laughs) All right, there he is off to make another great decision. And so he's, uh, oh shit, did I mess it up? Yes, I think I did. Yeah, he links up with, uh, with Jazz, has his business card, and he's trying to sneak out. But, uh, and also, yeah, he thinks he can just sneak out. Oh, yeah. Like, if your uncle just did that, got you bailed out, do you really think he's 
that like oblivious? Yeah, like, you also gotta realize like a house like this is gonna have the kind of security system to keep people from breaking exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah, that same security system's gonna catch your ass going out. Wait, you didn't kill or rob nobody in that mansion, did you? I ain't trying to catch a case where well, man, everybody in the mansion is good. I just gotta get back home ASAP. Why? Come on, let's go. But you're already home, Will. So now. And also, guys, just pay attention to Jeffrey's Wait, character. <laughs> pay attention to Jeffrey's character. <laughs> yes. And the fact that all the teenagers get along. Because I think you're yeah. foreshadowing something. Yeah. Okay. But not those two aren't don't go together. But just I'm just saying for the later episode that we watch with Jeffrey. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah, like his demeanor, right? Because folks are listening to podcast Maybe audio. Maybe you're watching the program you yourself. Uh, check it out and then check back in with us. And uh, oh, yeah, because yeah, Jeffrey is a uh, he's serious. <laughs> he's very serious. Yeah, and he's unflappable. I don't think he gets what you call angry. I don't know if he gets happy either. I, I think he just gets Jeffrey. By the way, what was the plan here? So you go to LAX and then what? Hmm? And then fly home and fix my situation. Hmm. What about that gangster you pulled a gun on? I find it hard to believe. Right, so Uncle Phil goes through kind of doing what I'm doing, telling you where you're being illogical. Mm -hmm. Before we even get to the the gangster you pulled a gun on part, so now you get to LAX. Exactly how do you get on this plane? You don't have plane ticket money. Right. Like, you're basically going to the bus stop without fare. Just doing things. (laughs) Yeah. There's no actual plan. Me too. So does your mom... Your aunt and everyone in this house. I can't handle mine. I ain't never had no daddy. I've been my own man. A real man takes the time to consider the consequences. Do you think here they were trying to do like the Will Smith speech where he did that speech? When uh, when Ben Vereen, I think that was the episode where Will Smith's father came and uh, planned on. Yeah, that's what I think. Yes, I do think that. And when I say Ben Vereen, I should check and make sure that's right, because I think he played Will Smith's father, and he was like a, a known actor. I can't remember if he was the Reading Rainbow guy. There's a real chance, and I promise. Let me see. Was Ben Vereen on Reading Rainbow? No, I can't search from text messages. <laughs> you have my word. Also, I like how... Um, they are already making that relationship with, like, Doc. I mean, Uncle Phil ah. and Will is, like, you can already tell he really loves him like a son. Or he's kind of trying to teach him how to be a man. But, like, I feel like a Fresh Prince, it took a while for them to get that to that level. Like, yeah. And I wonder if it has to do with it being a, a, a straight-up comedy where mm-hmm. it's like, we don't have to have a serious scene like mm-hmm. that yet. Right, like we can cop in, we can just act goofy for like three years and then get serious. Right. He's 16. If we were his age, we'd have broken out of here too. Phil? Phil? I know it's not the start we imagined, but we did the right thing moving him out here. Yeah, I know. I know. I 
doubt our good intentions will sway a grand jury if this thing goes off the rails with this kid. When I called in that favor to get him out of jail, I crossed the line, Biff. His first day here and he's already making matters worse. Phil? You know he walked right up to Fred Wilkes? Mouth running like a broken dam. <laughs> he just called him a water mouth. Yeah. And yes, Ben Vereen was uh, on Reading Rainbow. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. I had to check. <laughs> Fred's suspicious. Oh, stop it. You're being paranoid now. Paranoid? God, I hope so. Right, so like, uh, yeah, where are we so far, right? Right now they're just, they have Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv just in the in the bedroom That's talking. This is more like a past the time scene, right? You got any, any read on the show so far? That boy ever since his um, not really. You just see the di- like different ways that they're responding to Will. Like she's like, "Come on, he's just a kid," because she's lived in Philly, so she knows how like kids like him are. And then he's just like, "No." Let's not forget, we got three other kids in this house in the campaign that's in full swing. Man, I wonder if that's also like a part of the uh, like. Th- There's no going back. This is what Kevin Samuels is telling you is a good idea for you. All right, like completely changed, just follow the man and his career and deal with all the stress and politics that comes with it to the point that it's literal politics. Right. Now you have to learn talking points and all this whatnot and what have you. Right, and then they want to scream high value, man. This is a multi-millionaire. Exactly. Right, like, hell, we, we pass by people that make six figures regularly. And imagine if he was exercising his options, quote unquote, like how unhealthy the household would be. It would just be a toxic household, probably. Shit, yeah. Even right now, it's the household that made new Carlton. Yeah. Hi. Well, that don't sound like a West Philly goat I know. That's because I ain't in West Philly. All right, he called his mother. Think about where you woke up yesterday. Now take a look around you and tell me where you'd rather be. Right. Yeah, imagine you call your son after you drop him off there. You'd be like, "Are you sad? Shine. What?" <laughs> Balling. She'll shine just as bright in Bel Air. Your crown is still waiting, son. You ready to wear it? All right, so after he had a, a heartwarming conversation with his mother, he's getting up a little bit more confident into the next day. Okay. And now community breakfast time. And then they mentioned a couple dreams and a couple nightmares, which I think that's interesting because that's actually a song by Tyler, the creator, which is, uh, that's the wrong one, isn't it? Yep. Oh, shit. It's Meek Mill. (laughs) That's actually by the Meek Mill. Yes. And the title of the episode. That's right. Yeah. The episode title is Dreams and Nightmares, right? And I guess what are the the dreams or like what people really want to do really badly which I guess he wants to be a big basketball player man. Mm-hmm. But then I guess, uh, yeah, what would be the nightmare? Because he doesn't seem to think about what could go wrong. So I don't know what could be a nightmare that this character is actually holding in his head. Mm-hmm. Like, Are you reading any? 
I think it comes on later when they show just a little spoiler. He does get PTSD from when the cops were like, um, you know, holding him to the ground and then the whole shooting. So I think in those moments when you, you're just like so much adrenaline, you're not thinking about it. But then after the nightmare comes and you can't stop thinking about it, it's like ah. your brain forces you to deal with it. Okay. There you go. Yeah. And I think that that may actually be the nightmare part is the, uh, the PTSD. <laughs> When you when you when you want to get down to an expert analysis, <laughs> is that he actually uh, and again I'm blaming him. He acquired his own nightmare. Why the hell were you down there? <laughs> you didn't have to do that. Yeah, but I mean, what? He's 16, so probably like what two more years of high school, and this high and this school year is already in full swing. So maybe what. This could be junior year, cause what? Yeah, oh, I was yeah. a yeah, I was a junior when I was sixteen and a senior at seventeen. Like, knock this out. A school year is a hundred and eighty days. Uh-huh. So clearly, you're on a school year where you probably have less than a hundred days left. Knock those days out. Get to the next school year. Knock that time out. Right. The the year is twelve months. The summer is three months. Nine months of school. Get it knocked out. Yeah. I feel like, uh, well, not, I think sports players don't think like that because they're actually enjoying like playing the sports and being in school so much. That's why, like, when they're out of school, they're like, what do I do with my life? Because they, it wasn't like just get high school over with. It was like, yes, I love high school every day. I want to be here. Right. Yeah. Like, we have anxiety. We're not trying to be in this damn. Yeah. Like, I was just trying to leave. Yeah. It's bullshit, man. (laughs) Fuck. Really? What? And then, as a well-behaved kid, I was there. I was one of the people that was literally an 18-year-old senior and actually attended the entire day of my last day of school. That much of a rule well. follower. Wow. <laughs> Such a dork. But I hung out with the homegirls, uh, Robin Young and Elancia Williams, holding it down. Shout out to Robin Young and Elancia Williams. Hung out with them. Smells good in here. Mm, you want some breakfast? Yeah, that'd be dope. Can I get some uh, cheese eggs with a, a little bacon? A little home reminder. Mm. I can make that happen for you, cuzzo. Hillary's an amazing cook. She's gonna take old cuisine by storm. Yeah. Whoa. Old cuisine. Nice. What's old cuisine? Old cuisine is the top food <laughs> magazine in the country, and I have an interview with them next week. Mom hooked it up. Hillary, is this for an actual paycheck, or is it just part of the never-ending gap year experience? It's real money, asshole. Language. 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 Just a joke. Oberzine is a huge step up from the social media stuff that she's been doing. (laughs) Shots fired. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't really say it's a step up, but nice shade, Mom. It's a great opportunity. Oh, yeah, they're getting you ready for episode two. Definitely. (laughs) With the the interactions with, um, uh, Jesus, I almost said Vivian. Uh, Hillary Banks and why is her name leaving me? Yeah, Vivian Banks. Yeah, I'm Viv. That's right. And then Will's mother is the heck is her name? That one I don't know at all. Yeah, I think I accidentally called her Vivian earlier in the episode. <clears throat> yeah, they don't. Yeah, well, we don't deal with Will's mother a lot. Well, maybe in this series, but not a lot in the sitcom. Yeah, at all. All right, but uh, yeah, they're setting that up. Obviously, it's um. And her mother is trying to get the nepotism in, which again, if you would talk to your kids about capitalism and how this shit works earlier, they wouldn't be surprised by these things in their teens and 20s where you're like, all right, so this is the best move we could make, right? Everybody does nepotism. Mm -hmm. Do the nepotism and then also teach them about 
art and work, which that's more of an episode two thing. We'll get on yeah. art and work. And it's, and work. Yes. I was going to say, it's interesting seeing from like this perspective of rich people and rich parents having difficulties with their rich kids and feeling like, does she know how to like actually maneuver and get a job or do it the right way? Because when you're poor, like that's all you know. Your parents teach you how to hmm. do interviews young, how, like call back, actually be a quote unquote good worker who's basically like a slave. So that's interesting. Yeah. Like I think all they really teach him is manners. Like this is how you act at this type of dinner party. This one is the salad fork. This one is the fork for your main course. This is the soup spoon. This is the appetizer spoon. This is the wine glass. This is the champagne chalice. This (laughs) is how you act at the, you do a curtsy. Right. Fuck, but you didn't teach them how to get a job. <laughs> We're all very excited for you, sweetheart. Well, you have a busy day today, too, don't you? Uh, yeah. After lacrosse practice, I'm going to finish up some homework and then get ready for Carter's beach party tonight. Oh, sounds like the perfect time to show Will around and introduce him to some of your friends. What? Uh, no, nah, I don't want to jam Carlson up. Uh, yeah, he doesn't want to jam me up, Dad. You start school on Monday, Will. It'd be nice for you two boys to reconnect. I woke up in LA and this is no vacation, but I live Okay. Is this a popular record? I've never heard this one. Okay. Yes, yeah, again, folks know me. I'm an old I'm an old funkster. So like I I hear the new stuff and I'm like, what the heck darn is this? But at the same time, I'm like, it does fit with the the, the score fits the the show. Definitely. Oh, and we also have the best lacrosse program in L.A. Wow. A lacrosse flex. Nice. Look, we have a different set of rules here, okay? If you want to do well, just keep your head down and follow my lead. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pause. Stop. Flag on the plate. I know you didn't just tell me to follow your lead. Uh, yeah. I mean, I do kind of run the place. Hey. (laughs) Catch you later, cheese eggs. Hey, yo, what the hell am I supposed to do? You can uh, see here, like, Carlton really thought he was gonna gonna use some vernacular, like, little bro, Will. Like, he really thought he Cheese eggs? What? Like, yeah, I mean, that that's not really just him. That's just America. We like putting cheese on shit. We're fat. <laughs> Nigga, we love cheese. It's America, damn it. Quit hating. Like, I mean, like, exactly how many people do think, you know, I could really go for a hamburger... The brain defaults to cheeseburger. <laughs> we forget that hamburger is where a cheeseburger came from because we want cheese, cheese on it. Burgers, yeah, yeah, we're like a burger is good, but cheese makes everything better. Right, you got some spaghetti, put some Parmesan cheese oh, on that shit. Right? That sounds so good. That just made me want spaghetti and Parmesan. And I, I should try to cook spaghetti myself, right? Because I wouldn't be going by any recipe anyone gave me. Yeah, I would literally do it the same way I do everything else. I would do what I think makes sense. Right, like you know what? That's the I best, think, always. Yeah, meatballs should be about that size. They should have that type of seasoning on them. I would use that pizza seasoning from the World Market store. I still, Ooh. yeah, I probably have a couple ounces of that stuff left. All right, that's the tangent. And back to uh, Will Smith's uh, natural chubby love interest. All right. Oh hell, they're 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 gonna do some B roll. And so apparently she's a swimmer and she's in the school on a scholarship. And I, I don't know if it's an athletic scholarship or an academic scholarship, maybe both. 
Right? Hell, you gotta get good grades too. Right. 22.64. What the hell are you doing here? And then, well, you don't know where it's gonna go, right? Because I think in, and I'll spoil them up. Fuck it, we'll keep going. Uh, but the, because um, in further episodes, it looks like they're interested in simply maintaining a casual plutonic friendship, right. as one might say, or if they'll go for a romantic companionship. Which I think my favorite way to go, which means they're not gonna do it, is if they make them a romantic companionship and then keep it through the entire series. All yeah. the way to the end, never break up. You know, just make. Wouldn't make that be nice? They never do that unless they're married. Yeah, they, they always got to give it that. No cheating, no fighting. Matter of fact, I, you know, yes, unrealistic. But then again, is it is it not a fictional show? <laughs> it is fiction. Make their all their problems should be the world, like against them, against the world. Yeah, that'd be more like interesting to watch. Or when they do have a disagreement, show them discussing it. Yeah. Yeah, no yelling, no insults. Right? And oh, no um this part. Oh yeah, it's the nigger part. This is the Joe Rogan scene. I like this part. <laughs> the way they're saying it is so like how white people say it. <laughs> it's always nigga. Like why? And that's the thing, that's why it doesn't even offend me. Yo, back in my old podcasting days, and this was before I even had my own show, when I was featured on Black Freethinkers, and it was about white people saying the N-word, and my position is still the same, I'm not actually offended. You sound like a dork. You just sound dumb. Yeah, you oh, sound no. weird. Weird. Yeah, I know it is hard, right? Like, am I saying ableist language? Sorry. Right, like, I think dumb is ableist. I still say stupid. Yeah, cause I, yeah. but like uh, dumb. I know that has an ableist background. Uh, retarded, ableist background. I think like moron, idiot. Cause idiot is like from idiot savant. Oh, I which, didn't know. Yeah, which I think it means like uh, like you're functionally. We're gonna use the R word here again. Like retarded on everything oh. else, but then um, you're just really really good at this one thing. Right. Yeah. So there, guys, um, Carlton, his his white friends were saying the N-word, singing Bobby Shmurda, Hot Nigga. The song is called Hot Nigga. Oh, my God. I've made fun of that on the podcast. Really? Yeah, years ago. Yes, I did. That's hilarious. Because when everyone was doing the dance to it, like... <laughs> that is really coming full circle. Holy shit. Okay, so, yeah, I, I need to hear these hot niggas again. That shit was funny to me. And Carlton... So Will's mad, and Carlton's literally like, what? what's the problem? And he, Carlton's black. You guys know the show. Block <laughs> nigga. Drop niggas. Oh my God. You know the cold shit? Like, if, if I was white, like, I, on some level, like, I get it. Because the records are funky. You want to say that shit. That shit be hitting. Like, yo, put the drop niggas. <laughs> But I want to drop these niggas too. But just let that part go. That's like me with the B word. Right? It sounds real funky. It's in the lyrics and I'm just like, ooh, trip. Right? Say another word. Flip it in there. And you guys got a sl They have a slur too, like cracker. Just call each other crackers then if you guys like saying something kind of raunchy. Yeah. Oh, uh oh. Uh oh. Hoboken. Yo, you a sucker. 
It's ill. Because, like, this whole time he's been struggling with all this stuff because he doesn't understand fakeness. He doesn't understand people being full of shit. Like, on some level, he understands bullshit. He understands doing stupid shit. Mm-hmm. But he under- he doesn't understand people being dishonest. And so he finally just looks at Carlton and says, you're a sucker. Yeah. He did. He gave him that look like, wow, so this is who you are for real. Yeah. And clearly you ain't either. You're really flipping out over a word that black rappers sell to millions of white people like Connor every day. Did you guys hear the you way he said black? say the words that they're listening to? Carlton, man. You a clown, yo, straight up. Go kiss my rich black ass, boy. You can forget about coming to Connor's party tonight. Man, fuck that party. I want to know how on purpose that line was. Good, Mom. Kiss my rich black ass boy. Right, Will? Boy. What do you mean by that, Carlton? Right. Even he said the black rappers, like as if he's not black himself. Well, right. hmm, yeah. We have to figure out. Right? And it's one of those things where, yeah, I would say, and I'll, and I'll make a, a further argument uh, later on that Carlton is acting white. Because I do think that there is an acting white, but it's not what um what black nerds say it is. Black nerds, they call themselves blurs now. They'll tell you, I get called acting white because I'm into anime and I get good grades and I enunciate. No, you're acting white because you think you're better than everyone else, right? Like white people, they call themselves white supremacists, which the root word would be supreme. And as a black person among other black people, you think you're supreme to us. And so we say you're acting white and Carlton acts fucking white, Yeah. right? Why would he call you boy like that and we and boy so many connotations right if we're black dudes and we're on the basketball court i'm like yo i'm about to get you boy right that's different if it's hip-hop right flavor flavor on the stage yeah boy but kiss my rich black ass boy you think that your green money has made your black rich ass white and now you call other black men boy like say it like alex jones if you're gonna say it like that put on a southern accent say it like greg Locke, right willy-nilly nonsense boy it's up to you and they kind of um, have that privilege too but you're not privileged because you're not a white person so you just come off as like delusional yeah you're weird man you're weird and um and, and I, I, we were comfortable talking over that conversation that uh will had with uh with aunt vivian mm-hmm. because um <clears throat> because i i thought that their conversation really went off of the topic there was a topic mm-hmm. and it was I was in school, which is a protected place where racism shouldn't be practiced, and a white man was yelling the N-word, mm-hmm. and that's the actual issue at hand. Yep, they completely did not talk about that, and Carlton has a drug problem, as you can see. Oh, you guys cannot see, but Carlton was just snorting Xanax. <laughs> Which, and that's one of those things where, like, because I, I went to Twitter to look at, um, like, the pedestrian opinion. What are regular people saying? And a bunch of people are like, I can't. What? Carlton doing coke? What? Of course Carlton would do coke. It's, yeah. He's a rich person in California. Like, think about how many black, uh, uh, blue-collar black people have done coke. Like, Obama didn't actually grow up rich. He had class privilege, but he wasn't rich. He did coke. He did a lot of, he did way more reefer, Jesus. Right. Like, yeah, but he he, he was doing coke. Um, 
fucking the old rapper Juvenile. Listen to his lyrics on 400 Degrees. He did coke. Uh, read Trick Daddy interviews from the 90s in the Source magazine. He did coke. Right, like um, back in the old school hip hop days in the 1980s, what was the guy's name? Coke LaRock. Because he did coke. Right. Like... And specifically to note, they were Xanax, which um, is keep, like an anxiety medicine. Hmm. And I, that's interesting with Carl, Carlton's character because he comes off as like an a-hole, but he actually does have anxiety, which they, the, uh, his ex-girlfriend brings on later on. Right, yeah, she hints at it. And I want to see, like, um, with this first season, do they hint back at it or do we have to wait until next effing winter? And since it wasn't diagnosed, I wonder how much of it is anxiety or how much of it is just like you're a black person going to an all-white school. And could it be confusion? Do your parents not talk to you about white supremacy before Uh they send you in there? Because he's, like we said, he has that same, like, white boy, like, he's a white boy, you can do whatever he wants, but you can't. Then the um, repercussions are different for you. So, yeah, that would make you feel some type of way. Yeah, where I think the um, the language you forgot where you came from becomes applicable. Because it's one of those phrases, people throw it out there a lot. You forgot where you came from, forgot where you came from. And it's like, maybe they didn't. But then again, with some black people that don't have class privilege, because I'm funky about how I use that. I use class privilege for if you were born into it or raised in it, right? But like... um let's say like where we are now right your your aunt and i we don't have class privilege but now we can kind of move like people with class privilege because of all the hours i worked and money saved and money put here and there and whatnot that we can kind of move a little bit but we don't have class privilege it seems like it's so crazy right this isn't class privilege what what it yeah because the the privilege part is a unearned advantage right so like so like let's say um um, if the house was empty, right? Like, let's say your life was a lot more fortunate, and right, and you were in another position, maybe at a university or something, right? You're at you're at Columbia up in New York, right? And you're studying journalism like your grandmother. You're doing that. And Elena and I have no kids in the house, and we decide to have a kid or adopt a two-year-old. That kid has class privilege. Because mm, they, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, like, when I look at, um, like, Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv, they came from backgrounds where they were not class privilege. Aunt Viv was from West Philadelphia, no class privilege. Um, Aunt, um, Uncle Phil, he's from what they call Yamacra. I think they said in North Carolina in this show, right? He's from some little backwoods small town. But then they're ambitious and they get their money up and they get everything cracking. But they're so focused on that, they forget to talk to their black children about white supremacy and then put them in, in uh, I'm putting up uh, scare quotes, folks, elite school <laughs> with these vicious white supremacist children. And then he may not have anxiety, but he may be very frustrated and confused because he doesn't understand why he's being treated this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so now, Car- oh, wait, what did Carlton's uh, little white friend just say to him? That might be contextual because now they're at the party scene. Oh, and to explain why they're both at the party, um, Will and Carlton are at the party because Will went up to Carlton and was like, if we want to uh, basically do what we want around the house, we have to pretend to get along. Yeah. And I don't remember if that was something that happened in the original Fresh Prince. I don't think so. I don't, they always kind of 
Because on here, um, later on, you're going to see them kind of, well, let me not spoil too much, but <laughs> did they ever get along on, like, the end of Fresh Prince? Uh, in the original? Yeah. In the original, yeah, they were fine. Like, they, they had a lot of hiccups, and they would have episodes that were literally based on Carlton's lack of experience. Uh-huh. But I think because it's a family-friendly sitcom, they would always tie it together better. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would bet they're still going to do that with this one. But I don't know, they might go somewhere the hell else. Because, yeah. like, the old target audience is old, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, the Gen Xers that were watching this, they're in their mid-50s, right? right? The Millennials, we're 40. Like, they might be trying to get the new teenagers on this. And for new teenagers, you're looking at people born after 2005. Jeez. That's a different crowd. Yeah. Yeah, like, when those people were born, you were laying down your first raps. seriously yeah you are already dropping bars literally on on a microphone that's somewhere in this room oh wow yeah did you talk to lisa tonight not gonna lie she's looking hot as fuck all right so so um so carlton's inward friend (laughs) <laughs> uh, came up to him and he's smoking something. The way he's holding his fingers looks like it's a cigarette, but it's California where reefer is legal and he's rich. It's probably reefer. Because that's, that's how I smoke my reefer. I smoke it like a cigarette. Like, you know, and it's, uh, it's more comfortable in the hands. Like. Yeah, it's just <laughs> fucking, yeah, I'm not going to hold it like this. That's it. Because it, it looks like jail holding a cigarette. That's that prison <laughs> style, right? Where you rip the butt off so you get more tobacco in each hit. That's a real thing they do in there, yo. They straight rip the butts off their cigarettes and get harder hits. Oh my, I feel like that'd be too hard. Like, just straight tobacco? I didn't want to think about that. Yeah, it's a little rough. A little rough. But you know, yeah. Alright, he's saying that his ex-girlfriend Lisa looks pretty hot. And Carlton wants him to shut the fuck up and Which, let him do his drugs in peace. Why is that a thing? Like, on TV shows, I've noticed, like, the white boys, when they're talking to their friends, always like, bro, your girlfriend's so hot, bro. Like, that, I don't know. With, like, my black friends, they don't talk about each other's girlfriends like that. Huh. I never thought of that. Yeah, when, I, when I was a teenager, there was always the patriarchal congratulations, mm-hmm. right? It's the, yeah, the patriarchal congratulations on, ah, uh, yes, we are, we, and, and on some level, because niggas is homophobic, they don't want to say this part, but you're a good looking guy. She's a good looking girl. You right. should be a couple, right? They don't want to say that part, but they're like the way they pat you on your shoulder, just like, yeah, hey, that's you. That's, that's I you. see you. I see. Yeah, y'all look good. You look good. It always got to be y'all look good. How come I can't look good by myself, Clarence? <laughs> I want you to admit that I'm a handsome man, Clarence. Yeah, men should just start doing that. <laughs> you look good. You're very handsome. Nope, they have to... I see you, bro. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm just saying. You're playing cool. Wait for her to come back to me strategy. Now it's looking more like Lisa's move on. But I'm in denial. Like a little bitch. What? So he just came over there and antagonized him. <laughs> that is, yes, that is the perfect descriptor. That is what happened. He used the B word, then said she moved on. And now this is what I was talking about. We were in the attic, right? They have them dancing in slow motion, but it's way goofier and funnier than what they're showing. <laughs> like even the sort of like half hug part, not that major. 
put it out of slow motion. It's They're making normal. <laughs> it's so erotic in slow motion. Because I was like, they're so like in love. It's only been a week, and then Uncle Billy noted that it really is just in slow motion. <laughs> at a party like that they're playing slow jams <laughs> and now Carlton gets up in his uh, drunk and drug drunk drunky drunky stupor and he's like what the heck is going on here and of God, course is he, a terrible party drug it just makes people angry and like all that extra testosterone like no how is that fun for anybody Ugh. Ugh, God cocaine just, I'm one of those people that the delivery system alone is already like, no, not up your nose. Right. No, things no, Things literally no. don't go up. You're supposed to put things out. It's a hole in your body. Yeah. Go like, out of it. The only thing that should go in your nose is your pinky nail because that's your <laughs> shovel. You should be scooping and shoveling with your pinky yeah. nail and then flicking with your thumb, right? Scooping pinky, flicking with the thumb. It makes so much... <laughs> Mother Nature knew what she was doing with the pinky. It's supposed to go in your nostril. Yeah, right? You sit on the porch, you pick, you flick, and you complain <laughs> about these punk-ass new kids in the neighborhood. Live your life. See, we know what we're doing. Don't do coke. Just pick your nose in public. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and so now Carlton, I like this shot of how he sees them because it's almost like um, like looking at sort of like a Martin Luther King march on Washington because he sees them across the water, right? Like it's that big old pool in Washington, D.C. by the White House, uh-huh. and now he has to go across it. And I wonder if that's on purpose, right? Because the president is a form of like American royalty and he is the fresh prince, Mm. And now Carlton has to go across the water because the prince then messed around. Right. And now let's go ahead and uh, attempt to kill somebody. And I love how they're doing like the dead noise because that's what Carlton hears like nothing. Yep. And if he could hear something, it would be like a replay with an echoed voice of the guy saying B word and she's moved on. Mm. Oh, also, okay, so then Carlton pushes Will into the pool because he's on coke and he's mad and jealous of his cousin. What's wrong with you? You really flirting with my cousin to make me jealous? To make me It's about me. How could your life be about anything but me? <laughs> like, and this is like what we're talking Like, if this was, you know what? Really? Slightly less rich, or even if they were alone. Right? Like, let's say they're alone in some room where no one knows where they are. Carlton might have just tried to go ahead and kill her. Right. Yeah, that's that's why we titled our episode. Like, if Kim Kardashian uh, wasn't rich, Kanye West would have killed her by now. Yep. And now uh, she's pulling him out of the water just like LaCoya. That's her name. Uh, shout out to LaCoya Jackson pulled me out of the water when I went down when I was in high school. Which, and I like that they've already given us the information that she is, um, she's actually trying out for the Olympics. Right. So, like, you got saved by a very good swimmer. It's all good. Are you just doing this for attention? Oh, they're about to be so fucking cold. Once again, Carlton's so privileged because in his mind, he probably doesn't even think there's people who can't swim. Like, that's probably not even a thing just because he's grew up like where he grew up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, perspective. Damn, that's a good pause point. I'm going to take a screenshot of this pause point because Jesus Christ. Wow, yeah. 
I just want to be like, yo, this this y'all Democrats. I don't know what I want to call it. Yeah, I, I could take a screenshot of that later, but I like that pause. That point. is a great pause because just the white boy kind of like smiling at Carlton, like, yeah, cooning it up and just. Yeah. He's like cooning and mean mugging. He's like a gangster coon. Yeah, that's it. Carlton is a gangster coon. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That that that's what it, I I think I might title this episode that like the new Fresh Prince of Bel Air introduces Carlton as the gangster coon. <laughs> yes. Hell yeah! I need clickbait, yo. Somebody sign up for the Patreon or something. <laughs> <laughs> sign up. We will get uh, videos like this all the time. All right. So as we're getting to the end of this one, right? Looks like the last um I think about a hundred and nine seconds of the episode. Um. Carlton has knocked him in the water. He can't swim. She gets him out, right? He get, you know, he doesn't drown. He's made no water in his lungs. He's coughing up a bit. And the first thing he sees is he knows that Carlton knocked him in that water. And for some reason, the guy that he just saw yelling the N-word is standing right in his fucking face. I get why N-word guy got a punch. In that instance, he did not commit a transgression at that party. But you are now a part of this. Right. Yeah, you shouldn't have been standing by Carlton after he just assaulted him. You look like an accomplice. For attention. You know what? Let me point that out again, too. Let me run that back and listen to Carlton, folks. Listen to what, because I was talking about Carlton acting white. Breathe. Breathe. Relax, Lise. He's okay. All right, he's just doing this for attention. He's just doing this for attention. You just knocked him in the water and then said that accused her of talking to him to, oh, excuse me, accused him of, uh, accused her of talking to him to embarrass you. But now he's trying to get attention. Like he's gaslighting everyone, like men gaslighting men. He's acting white. Yo, chill out, bro. Yep, and Mr. Chill Out, bro. Why didn't you say chill out, nigga? Why didn't you say that? (laughs) And now you see him. He's thinking about it. He actually does not want to fucking crack him in his shit. But you have transgressed him so many times in this episode. Right. Right earlier with the, I'm sure I'm going to have to help you out a lot. Hey, I'm the king of this school. Right. I run things. Why do you have on my clothes? How about when you're wearing my $500 cufflinks, right? And then in the end, ultimately, you have now tried to drown him. Mm. You've pissed him off on purpose. And now you're about to get punched in your shit. And also, when he falls in the pool, did you notice the, like, crown or what is it called for men? Is it called a crown? A uh, crown? Yeah. Yeah. There was a crown in the pool. Oh, no, I didn't then- see that. Yeah, there's a crown in the pool, like, while he pushes, um... Like a, like one floating in the pool or something Yeah, I don't know if it was real or symbolized. Oh, wait, I think I just saw it on the rewind, because now I want to see it, too. (laughs) I will run it back, I don't care. You really flirting with my cousin to make me jealous? Oh. Right about here. Right, he goes up, right, all he hears is the ringing noise in his head. Pushes in. Will goes down. We're looking for the Krizown, right, as he sinks in. What the fuck is wrong what with you? What the fuck is wrong with you? You really flirting with my cousin to make me jealous? No. Um, <laughs> no. And see. it should be coming up. Where is that crown? Come on, crown. There. So I wonder if, like, that's, like, 
symbolizing? Oh, no, yeah, that's that's symbolic. Yeah, that's not actually in the water. Okay, because it's Prince, like, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So since that moment he got pushed down, it's like you threw him off. Oh, and there was a chair, like, you threw him off the throne. Hmm. And then it's interesting that you said that um, Carlton was, like, he called himself a king because it seems like Carlton's trying to be, like, the king. But then with Will, it's like he's letting himself be a prince. Well, later on, he's going to, like, let himself kind of grow up throughout the show. But Carlton's trying to be, like, the king already. Are you okay? Yeah. Oh, okay. Now we're back to it. Oh, you okay? Relax, Lise. He's okay. He's just doing this for attention. For attention. Yo, chill out, bro. <laughs> clean, clean. Don't tease me, bro. Ooh, Carlton did those eyes good. Oh, like those eyes when you see someone on drugs or like alcohol and they look belligerent and they just look so evil and dark in the eyes. That was Carlton's face just then. Ah. I don't want no smoke, bro. Check it. Check All it. All right. Bro. So that's that. That's that first episode. All right. And um, and I guess we'll uh, hell, we'll just flip it back with the next episode. I wonder if it should be um, weekly. Yeah, maybe weekly because the episodes drop weekly. Or we could catch up. Yeah, like if we do another one this week and then do two in the next week and then we yeah. can just get to where the show is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we could be the kind of people that are literally doing a live updates. What's happening in the, the new Bel Air with oh, no is. fresh prints in it? I really like Peacock Um, overall. Like when I was watching after this show was over, we watched a little bit of the previews of the other shows and it looks like they have some interesting shows on here. Okay, and I can log you into this one because my the Peacock thing it's not a paid account. Really? Yeah, it's a free account. So you can, you can just make a you can download it to your smartphone and make what? an account, and then use that account to log on to the television set in your bedroom. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Peacock is. Uh, I guess that's how I'm gonna be watching television because I really want to see the news, <laughs> and I I hope I can see the news on uh on this Peacock TV thing. And also, Uncle Billy, what was your overall rating of the show? Or this first episode? Oh, jeez. Um, God damn. I'm... What? I can yell very loud. Freedom. Uh, somebody closed the office door while doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the, um... Huh. God, it's like... Um, like, I, I have that ten- tendency to be stingy. But I want to lean toward giving it sort of like five stars out of five. Yeah. Like, it's 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 quality production. Like, it seems like everybody took this very serious. And everything is interesting. Like, there's not really any dead moments on the show. The scenery is great. The, I also um, like the art on the show earlier in the house. If you guys ever get a chance to, like, look at it, it's really nice. Yeah, the actors, the wardrobe, uh, the... The accents, uh, yeah, the, every, everyone's really doing their job. Like, even with it being, like, a clunky first episode, yeah, I'm leaning toward a five stars. I want to say four and a half because I want to be stingy. Mm-hmm. I'm leaning, but it seems like five is fair. Yeah, like, five out of five stars. Like, they, 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 everybody got in here and showed the hell up. They really did. And it doesn't die down because some shows will have a really good first episode and then after <laughs> the mm. few ones will be, like, really bad. But they keep up. I think that's something I made sure to point out to my niece. Like, 
remember, folks, if you hate Carlton, it's because the actor is doing a good good job. job. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Remember, that's not the guy playing Carlton. He's not really like that, we hope, in real life. Right? Like, he shows up in real life, and he gives everybody some pumpkin pie, and he says nice (laughs) things to people. He doesn't actually act like this. This is him playing make-believe. And he's doing a good job. Yeah. Everyone did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get it, man. Like, it's got to be tough for him. Like, I'm I'm betting that he probably has people saying some annoying shit to him mm-hmm. when he's trying to run his errands. Because, I mean, even, like, take away the character, his bone structure alone, and I'm very racially biased for my fellow black people. Mm-hmm. He looks a bit villainous. Yeah. And it's like, now you're playing a villain. Now you have to go out into the public with that face. (laughs) Right? Like, I guess the best he could do is, like, in between seasons, like, grow a beard and wear a hat. (laughs) (laughs) If you're filming, then your face has to be shaved because Carlton's clean cut and you're going to have to wear that short haircut and everyone's going to know, ah, you're that fucking piece of shit cokehead. (laughs) People are going to drug shame. Like, people that do coke are going to call him a cokehead. Like, it's just to show everybody. Remember. <laughs> right. Matter of fact, let's look up that brother's name. Who plays the new Carlton? Here, yeah, you want to look it up? See. Yeah, who plays him before we close out? That is a standout character. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be helping you a lot, Will. <laughs> I like how he kind of talks to his teeth, too. Oh, he is. I don't think he's um, African-American. He might be African. His name is Oli Sholotan. Oli Sholotan. Remember I said his face looks stereotypically Jamaican. Oh yeah, might be Jamaican. Yeah, he does but... not look continental. Oop. Right, I sound like the Tariq Nasheed's nigga. He doesn't look like he's FBA family. Oh wow, and then he looks so nice. Like he on has Google. To <laughs> I bet he tries to be extra nice. Oli Sholotan. Woo, I, man, how do you pronounce that? Oli Sholotan? Or did the two L's make it silent? But that's... Spanish usually. Show yeah, no, nah, it's only one L. Oh, oh okay. the two L's and Ollie. That would be too much. Oh, yeah. Oy. Yeah, that'd be I <laughs> Yeah, huh? I don't yeah, I don't know how to pronounce Kyle's name. Okay, and then the woman who plays the mom is Cassandra Freeman. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Alright. Okay, you're looking at the cast in general? Yeah. Yeah, who do you got? Who else is there? Um we also have Akira Akbar. So, how these Akira, is that Hillary? And no, this is um, the girl who plays Ashley. Ashley's a kid. See, their names are so much fucking cooler. And she was born in 2006, so she is... Let me just see. She is 15. Okay, so they actually have a child playing a child like that. Like yeah. That. And then Coco Jones. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. and the one who plays um, Dr. Phil is... His name is Adrian Holmes. I mean, not Dr. Phil. I've yeah, said Dr. Uncle Phil so much. and I mean, Uncle Phil. Yeah, the, um, wait, the Coco Jones, is that their real name is Coco? Um, that's the name, her celebrity name that she's going by. Okay, because that, that's kind of like Phoenix Kalita. Like, mm-hmm. it does, yeah, that's what I've known her from since she was in on Disney, so I wonder, let's see if that is her real name. Oh, her real name is Courtney Jones. Wait, she was a Disney child actor? Yes. Oh, so she's going to get the fucking cleanest transition to adulthood entertainment mm-hmm. than any of them that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and she never did the, like, you know, where they have to basically break the contract so they go, like, extreme. They have to it. go hypersexual. Yeah, she never did that. Huh. Yeah, this is an easy transition. That's a great, tra- yeah. 
So. Yeah, you don't because now you don't have to have tacky music out there for the rest of your life right. attached to your name. Yeah, yeah, like forever, Miley Cyrus is attached to Wrecking Ball. Yeah, man, and it's like I'm an adult. I love that party in the USA shit. That shit was a slapper. <laughs> the fucking Jay Z right? song is on. Yeah, hell, I love Jay-Z's, when the Jay Z. Yeah, cl- um, what was that song? Mountain climb, climb mountains. It was a song about mountains that she did. And I really liked it. Oh, one of the like. It's actually called the climb. Yeah, the pre, climb. Pre um, transition, Miley Cyrus was. Yeah. It. All right. Well, holy hell and hell, damn. All right, we're gonna wrap this gosh darn thing up. Um, I'll put this on the free feed, but obviously I'll also put it on the Patreon. But it'll be on Patreon for free. And uh, well, if you're listening to this and you're at the end of the episode, you probably know that by now. And also, if you have any shows that you want us to break down or do this again, hmm. recommend it. All right. Yeah. I mean, as long as I'm working less than 40 hours a week, yeah, I might as well capitalize on podcasting. Yeah. Get more episodes up and out and try to get more people subscribed. Because if enough people subscribe in a short enough amount of time, I don't have to go back to working full time or overtime. And you guys are not going to get any more like reviews like this. This is honest and breaking it down fully. Nobody yeah. else is doing that. Yeah, and, it, and it's not over the top. Yeah, like yeah. uh Because I, I and I, I I noticed that when I watch like some cats that review like RuPaul's Drag Race, mm. it's like it's almost like you're trying to be another contestant on the show yourself mm. while you're reviewing it. Right. It's like quit making your like. I want to know what you think about the show. Yeah. What you think about each character. All right, uh, and let me, uh, yeah, we have a hard time saying goodbye. Just do it telephone (laughs) style. Let me let you go.